Chapter 7 of The Blue Ant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chuck DeSully. The Blue Ant by Eliza Orne White. A safe and sane Fourth of July. It was the evening before the Fourth, and Aunt Maddie was telling the children about the good time she had when she was a little girl and firecrackers and torpedoes were plentiful, and fireworks were the feature of the evening. "'A safe and sane fourth is all very well for us grown folks,' she said. "'But I'm sorry for you children.' "'There are lots of things we can do,' said Prue. "'There's the procession, and the band concert, and the tent on the common where they sell red balloons and popcorn and donuts and pink lemonade for the benefit of the Red Cross. "'These affairs are very tiring for old ladies to go to, my dear.' "'But we are not old ladies,' said Jim.' "'You children are too young to go to those places by yourselves. "'I wish Hilda could have stayed.' "'Aunt Charlotte saw the disappointed faces of the children, and she said, "'I'll get Griffith Newcomb to drive us all down to the common, "'and we'll see the procession go by, and get some red balloons, "'and doughnuts, and popcorn, and pink lemonade, "'and then we'll be driven up to the shack on Pine Hill, "'and have a picnic there, and he can come for us at the end of the day. "'How is that for a safe and sane fourth?' "'Everybody liked the idea.' and in the morning everybody was glad to find it was a sunshiny day. A little too hot, perhaps, but one can't expect everything, considering Fourth of July is not Christmas. "'I'll put on your plaid dress, Evelyn,' said Aunt Mattie. "'It is the gayest dress you have, and looks very festive, and there is some red, white, and blue in it.' As she fastened it up, Aunt Mattie was surprised to find it was so large. "'It is a size too big for you,' she said. "'It would just fit Prue.' I did not realize I was getting such a large size. She had not, but when Aunt Hilda and Evelyn went to the store, there was only this bigger frock left. Your mother ought to have shortened this dress. You look like a candle with an extinguisher on it. What's an extinguisher, Aunt Mattie? Bless my soul, to think of the modern child brought up with electric lights and not knowing about extinguishers. Aunt Mattie was very busy getting the luncheon ready for the picnic, and she said she did not care to see the procession. They could stop for her on their way home. The children were very fond of dear Aunt Charlotte, who was the grandmother of Lottie and Harry and Prue. The girls all wanted to sit next to Aunt Charlotte on the back seat, and the boys wanted to sit on the front seat and help drive. But the carriage was not large enough to hold all, so the boys were told they could walk down to the village. The girls had quite a quarrel as to who was to sit on the back seat, but finally Lottie sat in front and the two little girls behind. Lottie was a good deal older than the others. She would soon be in her teens, and she was beginning to seem quite grown up. Oh, that procession! The children will never forget it, for there were soldiers in it, live soldiers in khaki, who had enlisted, and there were flags of all kinds, red, white, and blue ones with the stars and stripes, and gay, unfamiliar ones that belonged to the alleys. There were floats, too, and in one of these wagons sat a girl with a red, white, and blue flag draped over her, and a gold helmet on her head, and on the back of the wagon was a sign, The Goddess of Liberty. There were groups representing the different nations, and jokes about food conservation, and many other funny things, and last of all came Uncle Sam. He was in khaki, and looked very fierce with a musket. On his back was a placard that said, Late, but, oh, my. Everyone wondered why everybody laughed and cheered when he went by, but she never knew, for before she could ask, the band struck up the Star-Spangled Banner and this put it entirely out of her head. Jim had said that, as everybody must rise when it was played, he was going to climb a tree, and she was anxious to see if he really did. And he did. 
there was a branch of a tree quite handy to the fence he was on, and he climbed up as far as he could go, with Harry after him. Aunt Charlotte called out, "'Boys! Boys!' and Jim shouted back, "'We had to rise! It's the Star-Spangled Banner!' Gentle Aunt Charlotte got so excited herself that she rose in the carriage and waved her handkerchief. It had been a safe enough fourth so far, but Aunt Charlotte was not sure it had been very sane. The tenth part was very exciting, for Aunt Charlotte bought each of the younger children a red balloon. Lottie refused to have one, neither did she care for popcorn or doughnuts, but she condescended to have a glass of pink lemonade. It was so hot in the tent that she said she couldn't stand it, so the others had to leave before they were ready, but not before they had a lot of fun. The picnic came next. This was the part that was not safe, at least not for everyone. But no one knew this beforehand, and everybody went off in high spirits. Even Aunt Maddie was overflowing with good cheer. She and the boys walked most of the way up, and Prue and Evelyn part of the way. But Lottie and her grandmother rode all the way. It was so beautiful in the woods that Prue and Evelyn were fairly crazy with delight. And there were so many things to do. They found some lady slippers and pine cones and such soft green moss. The wind made the pine branches move slowly, and the birches rustled. All the trees seemed whispering together, and the sky was so blue with white, fleecy clouds floating in it, and Prue had on a red cotton crepe dress, so that made red, white, and blue. The bacon that Aunt Mandy fried was delicious, and so were the potatoes that the boys baked. It did not matter at all that an aunt crawled on one of Evelyn's sandwiches, or that she had more mosquito bites than she liked. After lunch they all scattered, and Lottie was supposed to have charge of Prue and Evelyn, but she got interested in a book she had brought along, and the little girls wandered off into the woods. "'Let's play we are lost,' suggested Prue. "'Let's hide somewhere and, and frighten Lottie. She ought to take care of us, and she isn't, and it would be fun to give her a good scare.' Now, although Evelyn had on the plaid frock that Aunt Hilda had hoped would act like a talisman and keep her from doing naughty things, she never once thought of that. She thought what fun it would be to pretend to be lost.' Prue was just enough older to have everything she did seem very wonderful, and Evelyn went gaily along the wood path behind her. There were many things in the path that they had to stop to look at, such as red toadstools and ground pine and flowers they had to pick, so they wandered farther and farther away before they remembered they were going to pretend to be lost, and by the time they did remember, they were really lost. They could not find the path back, but took another that looked like it, but that had no red toadstools on it. I guess we are really lost, said Prue. Oh, my! I guess I turned my ankle hopping off that rock. It hurts like a fury. Prue limped along to the edge of the wood, and Evelyn tagged on behind her. Below them in the valley they could see their own farmhouse, with the great barns behind it and the wide piazza at the side. There was no mistake about it. There is no other red house near. I know it's our house, said Prue. We'd just better climb down the hill and walk home. There was no path in that direction, and they would have to scramble down as best they could, over the rocks and through the bushes. Evelyn was not at all frightened, for she had entire confidence in Prue. But Prue was worried because she was afraid Evelyn might slip and fall, and although she had not hurt herself much, her foot was still paining her. Evelyn had run on ahead, and at last she did slip. Prue was frightened when she saw her trying to slide off a high rock. "'Don't, Evie, don't! Wait for me! I'll help you!' For a moment it seemed to the terrified Prue that Evelyn would have a bad fall. She was slipping and could not save herself, and then the long skirt of her plaid gingham saved her, for it caught on the rock. "'Hold on till I get to you,' said Prue, and she pulled Evelyn up to firm ground. "'Don't you slip away from me again,' she said. "'You might have been killed.' "'Oh, no, I couldn't,' said Evelyn. When the two children had scrambled down the worst part of the hill, they sat down to rest, 
It seemed hours since they had left Lottie. Well, I guess we've given them a good scare anyway, said Prue. I didn't mean to scare Grandmother. I don't mind about the others. The two little girls were tired out, and Prue felt she could not go a step farther until she had had a long rest. They were not the only people who were tired. Aunt Charlotte and Aunt Maddie had stretched themselves comfortably out after they had packed up the lunch basket, and they had both taken naps. And as the boys had gone over to play with a friend who lived in a farmhouse nearby, it was a long time before anyone missed the children. In fact, when Griffith Newcomb came up for them at five o'clock, the only person he saw at first was Lottie, who was just reading the last chapter of her book. Lottie looked up in a dazed way for the moment. The forest she was reading about was more real than the wood she was in. The boys have gone down to the Wellingtons. We are to stop for them. Aunt Maddie said everybody'd be so tired we'd all have to squeeze in somehow. But I haven't walked any. I'd rather walk home than be squeezed in. The ants waked at the sound of voices, and Aunt Maddie said, "'You've been sleeping all the afternoon, Charlotte. I thought I wouldn't wake you.' And Aunt Charlotte said, "'Just forty winks, perhaps, but as for you, Maddie, you are audibly sleeping.' "'I lost myself for a moment,' Aunt Maddie acknowledged. "'Bless my soul, it must be five o'clock, for here is Griffith. Come, children.' "'Where are Prue and Evelyn?' Lottie asked anxiously. "'Where are they? Haven't you been taking care of them?' No, Lottie stammered. I thought they were just around the corner. You didn't think anything about them, said Aunt Maddie severely. When you get a book, you are deaf, dumb, and blind. Her grandmother saw how badly Lottie was feeling, and she gently put her hand on her head. This child is going to be a very useful person when she grows up, for she has concentration, she said. Concentration, said Aunt Maddie. Meanwhile, before she grows up, all her family and friends may be smashed up. Fortunately, it was not a long fright, but it was a bad one while it lasted, and what made it worse was that everyone felt so guilty. Of course, Lottie was broken-hearted, but her grandmother felt almost as badly. I ought not to have let those children out of my sight for a moment, she said. How could I go to sleep? But I was so very tired with the sane forth, and it was so heavenly to get out of the sun and under the trees. It was all my fault, said generous Aunt Maddie, for while you were having your sane forth, I was having a sane one at home, and I wasn't tired at all. I don't know why I went to sleep. We forget what a child Lottie is. It was Griffith who found the children at last, after an anxious half-hour, and he carried first one of the tired little girls, and then the other back to the carriage. He carried Evelyn first, and she was so tired she kept opening and shutting her eyes, just as Virginia, her brown-eyed doll, might have done. When he carried Prue back, she was talking as fast as she could all the way to the carriage, and when everybody found that the little girls were unharmed, they no longer felt so guilty. "'Why did you children run off like that?' Aunt Maddie asked severely. "'Didn't you know it was naughty?' "'Yes, I did,' said Prue. "'But I wanted to scare Lottie and make her think we were lost. "'I didn't really mean to get lost or to frighten anyone but Lottie.' "'I am glad there isn't another holiday until Thanksgiving,' said Aunt Maddie, "'that evening as she cleared off the supper table. "'There's two holidays,' said Harry. "'Labor Day and Columbus Day.' "'So there are. These new holidays always escape me.' They say they are going to have a big bang-up pageant on Columbus Day, and all the children in town are to take part in it, said Prue. I am glad the pageant isn't coming for some months, said Aunt Maddie. A sane and safe fourth is quite enough for me. End of chapter 7 Recording by Chuck DeSully